from Florence, Louisiana, to uh, join the show. It's uh, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the uh, Liberal Dan Radio chat room here on YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, I just make sure, just come on over to, to YouTube and use that chat room. It's much easier. Uh, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can also uh, leave your comments here on YouTube as well. Again, it's the easiest one. If you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. I'm trying to hit a thousand subscribers. Uh, if I once I hit that, I should be able to get monetized. And again, if you haven't liked the video yet, please go ahead and like, smash that like button, share it with your friends. I went ahead and I created a new Fat Man rant last night. I published it this morning. Uh, so check that out as well. I have a bunch of Fat Man rants that I created. I probably have another one that I, depending on how my voice feels tonight, I'm going to go ahead and potentially make it tonight or sometime this weekend. We will see. Um, my cough was getting better. Um, I was I was doing all right last night. If you, if you joined me for my Twitch stream, I was doing better last night. And unfortunately, today, it's, it's no longer a productive cough, but it's reverted to that, that uh, whatchamacallit, I want some pho. Uh, anyway, Benelogo says she has some, getting some pho. I would love some pho. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's, it's returned to this kind of the persistent, nagging, post bleh cough that I always get after having something that has a cough that I always stay, always get for freaking ever. So only time I've really never gotten it is when I had COVID and I got the Paxlovid and the Paxlovid seems to wipe it out and not have you suffer with that. For some reason, my, that my little elliptical machine over here that never gets used, unfortunately is just, popping into my video screen. I don't know why. So it's not supposed to pick that up, but it is. Hey, P-Dubs, how's it going? Um, anyway, so I wanted to get, I wanted to deal with an issue. Um, uh, we only have eight concurrent viewers. I don't know how many concurrent viewers um, I'm going to wait till I actually say uh, what I want to say about a particular user. Um, maybe I'll wait for a little bit longer before I address the elephant in the room. Um, but we'll see. Um, reason I started the show late is because me and my wife went to a Disney trivia. Uh, it was a very, very close. I think the, the amount of points, it was six rounds. I think the, the last place team had like 40, 43.5 points. And like the first place team had like 40 seven points or something like that. It was a ridiculously close trivia match. Like everybody was very evenly matched. <laughs> and I was, and I thought that the reason that we lost uh, and, the, and the reason that the team that won one was because of the uh, Disney channel trivia. I thought Disney channel trivia is what did it in, but no, uh, that's that, cause that the team that won was a bunch of younger people, but we got the same amount of points that they did. So I was like, wow. I was very surprised at that. It was it was like songs and catchphrases or something that that got us, and I don't know why that was that would be, but it was fun. Uh, it was funny. the uh, The trivia host did something where um, where if you don't know the answer, but can make uh, the 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 trivia host laugh, she'd give you a half a point. And they, they're cumulative. So the more half points you get, the more it helped you out over the course of the night. So there was one question. It was like, in, the, in Beauty and the Beast, what was Belle's, um, what was Belle's father's name? And for the life of me, I couldn't remember. It's, I don't think I've seen Beauty and the Beast that many times for the live action one. Um, I didn't see, I saw the cartoon at least once or twice, but I just for the life of me could not remember the name. And so I decided to put a funny answer. We decided the funny answer we put was, I don't know Belle's father's name, but I know that beast was Belle's daddy. And that got a chuckle. So that got us a half point. I also got a chuckle, like which movie's catchphrase was 
the moose is loose. And we had no idea. The moose is loose. No clue what movie had a catchphrase of the moose is loose. And so I was like, moose orgy three or something like that. Um, And she like snort laughed. I was like, she must have just gotten to ours again. So uh, apparently it was brother bear is the correct answer to that one. So (coughs) who knew? And ironically, like there was some trivia question on like, where was some, where is this? What movie was this quote from? And I heard the quote, I've never seen the movie Hercules. And I said, that sounds like it would be from Hercules. And I was right. Even though I've never seen the movie, I, I correctly guessed that it would be from Hercules. Go figure. So, hey, Kim, she has it going. Thank you for joining. Um, of course, I had to get the one right where it was, Orhana uh, means family. Family means no one got left behind or forgotten. Because that's Stitch, and Stitch is my favorite character. So, of course, I'll do an imitation of Stitch. Anyway, so that's that's my little Disney thing for the night. Um, so, anywho. So today we're talking about immaturity. Speaking of immaturity, not that I'm like the most mature person in the room or whatever, but, you know, my immaturity comes like, you know, joking around and, you know, when it comes to being serious, I can be serious. And when it, when it's, when it's time to be serious, I can be serious. But one of the, like one of the biggest examples of immaturity that we've seen recently, I think just right off the bat is governor Ron DeSantis. I mean, governor, you know, Republicans used to be this whole thing. Let's get out of the way of business. We need to get out of the way of business and let them do their jobs and create jobs and whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and like government shouldn't be needlessly or or government shouldn't be needlessly getting in the way of business and, and you know, interfering with it on, in an unnecessary way. But there are some reasons for government to prevent business from doing bad things. But with Ron DeSantis, it's they they hurt his poor little feelings. They hurt his little feelings, and and he can't he can't you know pass his laws without having his feelings hurt. So he needs to go attack Disney, and he had his feelings hurt even more because Disney outsmarted him with their lawyers, and and they pulled a fast one on him by something legally because they. They, they they had public hearings and, and they took away the power that he wanted to take away from them and and they they made it so that they would have the power away from him until King Charles last heir. <sighs> anyway, so um trying to be my best little Ron DeSantis crybaby imitation. Um anyway, so yeah, and so now he's like I want to I want to take the land that's by Disney and I want to put a prison there. Like, I mean, how immature can you get? Like, I'm going to put another amusement park there. I'm going to put another prison there. I want to I'm going to I want to just put things there just to spite them. Like, Disney is a huge employer in the state of Florida. I mean, Disney doesn't is not perfect. I mean, Disney Disney clearly could do things better, <coughs> but. And just because Disney is a big employer doesn't mean they should get to throw all their weight around. You know, they should, you know, I I don't agree with with big corporations being able to sway public opinion like that much either. But, I mean, I do like when corporations, you know, make sure to defend the little guy. Like, I don't like when corporations get to, you know, basically try and buy buy politicians so that they don't have to – you know, pay taxes that they don't need to pay. Now, one of the things that Disney did do, um, if you don't understand what goes on with what they call the Reedy Creek Development District, is uh, basically they made it so that they control, they they basically control the area around Disney so that they can determine, <clears throat> they can make their own bonds and they can 
Uh, so they have like, I think, a billion dollars in bond debt or something that they're paying out as bonds that they can finance themselves and they finance the parks or whatever. And they generate the revenue that for, through the bonds and they use those to, to fund like road construction projects or whatever. And it was really going to bite them in the ass, I think, Florida, but Florida was going to have to take over all these things. And then what they had to take on the bond debt. I mean, come on, that's kind of stupid. But basically, instead of having to wait for the for the slow wheels of government to churn to be able to get their potholes fixed or fix their roads or do construction. Disney could basically be like, all right, we want this road built. We're going to have the Reedy Creek development district people get on it and fix it immediately. And then we're going to go construct it immediately. And we're going to get things done. It's a very efficient way to get things done. And that's why you see really well-built roads around Disney. So there are some good efficiencies that are there. But because, you know, Disney dared challenge the don't say gay bill, it hurt Wanda Sanchez's little feelings. And he didn't like that. So he had to punish the mouse because the mouse was scary. That's what I should have done. There was a question on there was the question on trivia tonight that was like which which character was afraid of a mouse? And I should have put as the answer Ron DeSantis. <laughs> that's that's the evil Which evil villain is afraid of a mouse? And I should have put Ron DeSantis. That would have been hilarious. Um, Bill Deacon, one of my coworkers just went to Disney. She showed us pictures of idiots protesting, saying Disney employees baby eating trans people. Yeah, I mean, this whole baby eating thing is just ridiculous. Like, these people are just so. They're, they're so indoctrinated at this point. They believe anything you tell them. Like somebody on Twitter just now was like, to all those people who are cheering the whole Fox News thing about them settling, we saw 2,000 mules and we know this election was stolen. So, so there. And I'm like, well, if you believe 2,000 mules, you're Foolish enough to believe anything you see, P-Dubs. I've never met anybody who eats babies. I mean, well, you know, would anybody really tell you if they ate babies? And the whole eat babies thing, honestly, at the end of the day, it's, it's anti-Semitic. It's, it goes back to an old anti-Semitic trope. Because the old anti-Semitic trope used to be that the Jews would take the children, take the goyim children away from them and grind up the babies and put them in the matzah, put them in their unleavened bread. Now, I don't understand the the logic about that. I don't understand the physics of it or how it works. I don't understand how you would get that to, you know, because matzah is white. Matzah is unleavened bread. It's It's a large white cracker. How on earth are you going to grind up a baby and turn that baby into a white cracker? I mean, there's lots of blood there, right? Like, how's that going to work? How, it, it would be pink, wouldn't it? I mean, not, not the joke of all oh, babies are pink on the inside, but like you got blood. The red from the blood is going to turn the matzahs pink. I don't understand how you get white matzah from a baby. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, yes, P-Dub, that's, that is one of many uh, anti-Semitic tropes that, are, that, are, that has been used for ages. <clears throat> now, a lot of times in the recent things about the whole, like, Pizzagate stuff, you know, they're, they're not outwardly saying Jews with it, but just like they don't outwardly say Jews when they talk about George Soros. They don't outwardly say Jews when they talk about the globalists. They don't outwardly say Jews when they talk about Rothschilds. They don't outwardly say Jews when they talk about international banking. But we all know what they're talking about. We all know that those are anti-Semitic dog whistles and that people who they are talking to, like the, the people who need to hear those dog whistles will hear the a little extra wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we know. And then the other people will be like, oh, well, then maybe they have a good point. So, yes, Tim, I still, I still have the point. 
aquatic. How do you have a how do you get a white pork chop? I don't know. This is starting from a joke, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I still have a it's 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 those remnant. I was talking about it earlier. I still have the remnant cough. I still have the. It's not like a productive cough anymore, but it's like the, those remnant coughs. And my this cough will probably last me another month because that's just what happens. I just happen to keep when I get a cough, I will continue coughing for like a full on month, and it just it just doesn't go away, and it's a pain in the ass. So, see, PDABs, I guess I don't know a lot about antispinic tropes. I don't hang with people to do that. Well, and part of it is just like when I went to. I went to a Hebrew day school from first grade to eighth grade. And so, you know, some of the day I learned Hebrew, some of the day I learned about like the, the Torah and Bible studies and stuff like that. And some of the day I learned like, you know, your regular studies. But after my eighth grade class and I moved on to high school, uh, I, my mom enrolled me into what was called Baltimore Hebrew University. And in th- that school, I continued on learning some Hebrew. I also continued on learning some other additional classes, like, for example, um, there was a course on anti-Semitism and how to, how to like, notice it. Like, you, they basically were like, this is how you spot an anti-Semite. This is, how you, this is what the anti-Semites say. This is what they do. This is how they speak in code. So basically, it was like, these are the things that they say and do so you can recognize it and you can point it out. You can nick, nip it in the bud before they start to take hold. So a lot of the times I'll be able to I'll see something and be like, oh, there you go. That's, there's your anti-Semitism right there before it even gets started. So, um, well, PFs, you know me. Mazel tov. Um, so some of the best people are Jewish. <laughs> Although there are some horrible people that are Jewish too. See, you know. Jared Kushner, um, who else? Um, Bernie Madoff, what have you? Um, anywho, so yeah, so Ron DeSantis, one example of some immature people. Um, I guess we do the synthesis of the light night show. We're probably not going to have as many viewers as we usually get. So let me just go ahead and get this part out of the way just because, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to tackle it. I want to let it go out there and I want to be done with it. So before we handle the rest of the show, um, a few weeks back, I was emailed by kinky streets about a particular video that apparently his uh, father had worked on. Um, I had seen parts of this video on, on my Facebook page already. Um, I like the video. I always share it on my Facebook page whenever I see it. This is, it was a longer version of that video talking about um, how hatred spreads, um, how hatred spreads and how people, they isolate individuals and make people hate, you know, individual groups. And I said, look, yes, I, I would love to share this video. And I was going to kind of do a live stream with it. And I was going to say, Hey, we're going to watch it. We're going to pause it. We're going to talk about how it, how it relates to today's business, today's issues. Because even in the parts that I did know, I was like, yeah, that, that's very apt for what's going on today. And I was very much looking forward to going over it. And I still might do it <coughs> because it's still important. But the one thing I told, as said, I think I said it live on this show. I was like, I'm looking forward to doing it. And I may very well do it in like the next week or two or whatever. But... If something big happens, I'm going to push it back because if something big happens, it, you know, I need to be able to handle it when it happens. Like that video has been around for a while. It's black and white. It's been around for a long time. There's time to talk about it. But if something new happens, I need to talk about it when it's new. So, of course, next week comes around. Donald Trump has been uh, – indicted, arrested, and arraigned. So what should Dan do in that position? Should Dan watch, do a live stream, a live reaction video to a video from the, from the National Archives that has been around for 50-plus years? Or should Dan talk about the new thing that just happened this past week and maybe discuss the National Archive video another week? 
well, I think a reasonable person would suggest that maybe I could wait on the National Archive video for another week, and then I could talk about the the Donald Trump thing, the the more current thing on the current show, because that's what I said that I would do. But even if I hadn't said that I was going to do that, I think a reasonable person <clears throat> would say, I understand, Dan, that you're going to need to talk about something that's a current event on your podcast. And I understand you have pushing it back, but no, Geeky Streets was angry, angry in chat, sent me an email, ranting and raving, um, blocked me on email because I couldn't send any more responses. I went ahead and blocked as well because very angry about the fact that I also apparently on the show, because <laughs> apparently Gibson Media was saying that um, Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently watched the show where I did an interview of Gibson Media. I, and I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if she actually listened to the show or not. I think he shared the link. Maybe she said she listened to it, but I don't know if she actually listened to it. Who knows? Maybe she did. Maybe Liberal Day and Radio is Marjorie Taylor Greene's favorite liberal podcast. Who knows? Hey, Marge, how's it going? Um, you know, but it, I find it funny. I'm amused by the idea that maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene has watched one or more episodes of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left, right? And it amuses me. But he was so angry about that. It was like irrational, immature even. So, anywho. So, if there's any ranting or rambling or whatever about from anybody about that whole thing, now y'all know what happened, at least from my side of the story. I'm not spending any more of my time. I'm not spending any more of my energy. I'm not spending any more of my of my efforts dealing with it anymore. It's done. So it is, wait, sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's Donald Trump's line. I can't step over the Donald. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. So, <laughs> but there's more immature things that are going on in this nation. There's uh, the Fox News settlement. I think there's some immaturity going on over there because, you know, Fox News, after they settled, you know, they were like, oh, we acknowledge that the judge, when the judge made the summary judgment that they, we acknowledge that when the judge said that some of the things that we said in the broadcast happened to be false, and then that's it. So they didn't really apologize for what they did. They didn't really apologize for knowingly and blatantly um, misleading their viewers on, you know, over the air. They didn't really say, mea culpa, we're sorry, my bad. They just basically paid out a bunch of money over almost $800 million, almost a billion dollars, because they knowingly, you know, this is a cut and dry case. For cases that are usually hard to prove, this is an easy case to prove. And they settled. So, and there are more cases coming down the pipeline where where Dominion are, is suing. You know, I think other people are suing Fox News and Dominion suing other people. I think Dominion is suing OAN, they're suing other people. They got Rudy, the Rudy lawsuit as well. Um, but again, you got the immaturity of that one person who was like, well, yeah, they might have settled, but we still believe it was stolen. Like, how much more do you need? It, it, it takes a certain amount of just cognitive dissonance just to, to not be able to change your mind. Part of, I mean, I always say, I always quote Nibis Yosh, the host of the most of the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Um, where he always says that hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. Well, another conservative prerequisite is just the idea that you never apologize for anything that you do. You can never admit that you're wrong. You can never just say, hey, this is my bad. I, I, I did something wrong. I'm sorry. 
The only the only person that I think you're allowed to apologize to is Jesus in the confessional booth or whatever. You can repent your sins to Jesus, maybe the priest, and nothing else. Nobody else. Repent if you if you say you're sorry to anybody else, it's, it's you're, you're a weak, terrible person. So. Anywho, so it, 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 that whole thing is just, <clears throat> excuse me, fighting a cough there. So then, more immaturity, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, I think it was CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Channel or whatever. Um, CBC has decided that they're no, a lot of companies have decided that they're no longer going to be uh, using Twitter. Um Many of whom, because they're refusing to pay the ten thousand dollar like enterprise fee or whatever it's called to maintain their check mark to be verified. Now, I mean, if you're like Amazon Prime and your Twitter handle is Amazon Prime and you lose your check mark, your still Twitter handle is still going to be Amazon Prime. So there's really no way to. So people will, if they knew that, well then, hey, you know, people will know, hey, okay, this is the real deal. But, I mean, it, maybe it's a principal thing, but it's a Canadian broadcasting channel or whatever it's called. Um, Twitter was, was trying to, because I guess Elon Musk doesn't like media, doesn't like, like state-controlled media, doesn't like state-funded media, doesn't like big media at all. <coughs> Elon Musk is a big fan of, like, small media. So I guess Elon Musk should love me, too, because I'm not big media. But, you know, I don't see any support from Elon coming my way anytime soon. But um, Elon Musk was like, this is a government – on Twitter, it was – they put on the, on the thing, you know, this is 100% government-funded. And then they said, we're not. And so they said, okay, we're, we're 70, uh, 70% government-funded. And they said, no, we're not even 70. We're less than 70% government-funded. And so Elon Musk is like, oh, okay, well, there's 69% government funded. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, 13? Yeah, 69. I mean, yeah, sure, like my 8-year-old, or I'm sorry, my 10-year-old and my 14-year-old, when they see 69, they'll be like, nice. And, of course, I'll do it back to them or whatever because, you know, sometimes I'll act like a 13-year-old, especially when I'm around my kids. But, you know. Not when I'm the CEO of a freaking company. If I was the CEO of a freaking company as big as Twitter, I'm not going to be making 69 jokes when trolling a company that I would, you know, like to have do business on me, with me, or whatever. Then you got, apparently, Twitter has uh, changed its policies on dead naming when it comes to trans folks. Apparently, dead naming is no longer against the policies of bullying and harassment. So now on Twitter... Uh, it, it, it's now okay. It's not. It's not considered bullying and harassment to purposely dead name people. So if you wanted to refer to Elliot Page by their dead name, you can do so. And apparently, it's okay to Elon and Twitter, and that's just terrible. So there's that. I wonder how many more of these issues are going to be out the door. Of course, whenever I write a a comment on Twitter that's it's not even insulting to anybody, but it, it, it like either quotes an insult or it says a word that could be insulting if I was directing it to somebody. I still get the warnings like, did you mean to type this? People on Twitter don't like when people t- tweet things like this. Did we get this wrong? I'm like, yes, you got it wrong, especially because of the fact that I thought y'all were supposed to get rid of this. This is supposed to be free speech time. Why are you telling me this? If Twitter's supposed to be free speech, don't tell me that. Don't ask me if I got this wrong if we're supposed to be all free speech now. Don't be a hypocrite. But then there's also something else that I'm wondering uh, if, if it's going on. Like, I see some chats in a second. I'll get to them in a second. There's something else that's going on um, that I'm wondering if it's happening. <coughs> see, one of the things that Musk wants to do is that part of Twitter's algorithms is that on the For You page, he wants to make it so that the only people you see on the For You page are verified people. And so the only verified people at this point are going to be paid accounts. So the only way to get on your For You page 
is to be a verified account, so you have to pay money. And if you want to be a business and pay for the verified account, you have to pay like 10000 bucks a month or whatever. I don't know how many businesses are doing this. I think it's stupid. I think, I think my opinion is that it should fail. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a genius. Maybe this is the way that Twitter is going to remake back the billions of dollars that it lost. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I will be, but it's possible. But, you know, the other side of the coin is that if you have a blue check mark, as far as I understand, if you have a blue check mark on Twitter, there's a setting that you have that enables you to not be able to see or to, to prevent you from seeing responses to you <coughs> that are not blue check marks. So that way, like if, if somebody creates a new account and they just want to troll you, you don't have to worry about it. So like the little peons with like, you know, zero followers who just created a new account just to harass you, you don't have to see it, I guess, unless they pay for their new blue checkmark account. Now, this is a way to keep, I guess, when, when back in the day, when you had your old school legacy checkmarks, it, it would allow famous people to be able to converse with each other without the peons being able to inter, in, introduce themselves into the conversations. Now, some famous people would still interact with, with the peons, but still... Um, fine. I mean, I understand if you're, if you're a famous person with, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers, you know, it might be a little bit cluttering in your timeline if you had to see every single response to you uh, and not just the people with the blue check marks. Um, but I'm wondering, here's my conspiracy theory on this. I'm wondering if Elon is funding a bunch of bots because I've had some responses from some turfy looking account that doesn't have any followers whatsoever. And I'm wondering if he was like, let's get a turf account to start harassing these people who are saying anti-turf things. And when we do that, it'll make these people more likely to, to purchase a, uh, a verified account because then they'll be able to not have to see these bot accounts anymore because then they'll only be able to see, they'll be able to opt out of that and only see the accounts that are blue checkmark. So um, uh, I'm wondering if that's the case. That's, a, that's my running conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's true or not. But I wouldn't put it past Elon's immature ass to do something like that as well. Hey, Laura, thank you for joining. Appreciate you. Um, Tim, the insurrection has bought the wood for the gallows. Who told them to do it? That's the question. <clears throat> well, that's an interesting, interesting thing because there are, there are some conservatives who are now trying to make the argument, well, the FBI incited them to do things. The FBI incited them to do Whatever, like they were FBI agents there. Well, first of all, any of the FBI agents that were there were probably also in on it. They probably were supportive of what was going on. They probably wanted Donald Trump to remain president, probably supported the idea that Pence should have been put up on those gallows. They probably supported the idea that we should stop the actions that were going on in the Capitol and that we should have a coup. So the idea that those FBI agents there were, meant anything other than the fact that they were just additional insurrectionists who just happened to be FBI agents is absurd but even if they were you know people who were there who were just there to rile people up and get people in trouble well guess what these people need to, need to learn how to take personal responsibility if there's a policeman who's like in plain clothes and i'm walking down the street and the policeman like was like hey come here come here come here it's like yeah what's up the policeman that i don't know is a policeman's like let's go break into this house <coughs> and I'd be like, really? I don't know. Doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Oh, come, come, nobody's here. I heard they have some stuff in the house. Let's go break into the house. We can take the stuff. Oh, no, man. I don't know if that's a good idea. No, no, let's go break into the house. It's like, fine, I'll go break into the house with you. So we go break into the house. And then I get arrested for breaking into this house. And then it turns out that I found out that the person who broke into the house was the cop. Is it, do I get to call tell my lawyer makes the argument? Your Honor, I object to my client being uh, under arrest because uh, the, the person who incited him to go into this house was a police officer. And as such, he shouldn't be able to, he, he shouldn't go to jail. Well, nobody forced me to go into the house. I made that decision by myself. What happened to personal responsibility? What happened to predictability? 
the cable man, the cable guy, the the paper man, the cable guy, even TV. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look. Sorry. Uh, just had to go into the full house theme. Um, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. P Dubs, did you see the clip where MTG got sanctioned? Who sanctioned her? I didn't. I don't think I saw that. <clears throat> Many Loco, does anyone think Jack has MTG pegged as the pipe bomber? I don't want to think about MTG getting pegged as anything. Oh my, sorry. Um, that was my bad. This isn't Liberal Day and Radio After Dark. Can't make those jokes or whatever. Um, Scroll down. You know, like a junior high school kid, I I think that's giving him too much credit. Um, Hey, kimchi's here. They're Klingon. On the militants, want to be proud boys. Exactly. All that should have been picked up on security cameras. Yes. Um, They don't... I don't think they're Klingons because they Klingons in Star Trek have honor and these folks do not have honor. Um, they're not on, they have no honor indeed whatsoever. So no honor at all. Their houses do not have honor, so they cannot get glory. All right. So more, more immaturity. Um, South Dakota. South Dakota. Let me pull up my profile again because I had the tweet open and then I lost it because I went to go look at another tweet. Um, Benny Loco. No honor among cork-soaking Nazis. Have you ever seen that that Saturday Night Live sketch um, where uh, they go, a bunch of people go to the, um, they're in Italy and they go to uh, see how they uh, the wine how the wine gets bottled, uh, and so they have a couple of people who are there whose um, positions are there specifically to soak the cork so they can go into the wines. So yes, so they are the cork so- soakers, and hilarity ensued. It's not quite as good as the Colonel Angus sketch, but it's still pretty funny. Anyways, let's find this tweet. Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, um, tweeted out uh, yesterday still, with the passing of our new social study standards, <clears throat> I'm use the term standards loosely, South Dakota's kids and grandkids will learn a factual and honest history of our past. No critical race theory. No teachings of hate or racism. No political bias. We are setting up South Dakota kids for educational success. Uh, And I'm like, no. You cannot teach an accurate history of this country without including racism. How on earth can you teach an accurate representation of the history of this country and ignore racism? Our country is chock full of racism. Are you going to ignore slavery? Slavery is racism. Are you going to ignore Martin Luther King getting assassinated? Are you going to ignore the fact that you had the march across the Anthony Pettus Bridge? Are you going to ignore fire hoses being turned on black citizens who are trying to get the right to vote and trying to get the right to be equal, to not have separate bathrooms, to have, you know, not have separate schooling? You know, are you going to ignore Ruby Bridges? Are you going to ignore Rosa Parks? Are you going to ignore the Underground Railroad? Which one of the persons I was arguing with on Twitter was like, the Underground Railroad wasn't really real. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Shut up. Um, so, yeah. So, basically... The people, the kids in South Dakota are going to be are going to be learning uh, that 
history. They're not going to be learning history. They're going to be learning propaganda. White supremacist propaganda is what they're going to be learning. And they're going to be learning how to be good little Nazis. Learn how to love the whiteness of our country and nothing else. Because God forbid you learn that the people who used to run this country and some of the people who still do run this country are pieces of crap who are bigots. (sighs) Wait, hold on. I have a clip for that, I think. That's just my, my mouse is being silly. I need to restate. Restate the line. God forbid they learn that some of the people who founded this country were bigots. <laughs> yeah, and you also, I think, was it P-Dubs, I think, who was talking about how they're trying to defund the libraries, I think, in Missouri? Um, you have Florida with their BS that they're doing all the time. You have other school. I think Florida is also introduced. I think Louisiana is trying to introduce something where you're not, you don't want to teach racism in college, like no races, no teaching about racism in public colleges in Louisiana. Like now you're trying to tell adults what they can or can't learn about these things. Like, like this is, again, this is just another example of immaturity that like they can't handle learning about the fact that there might be people who looked like them that may have done bad things because God forbid somebody who looked like them and somebody who they've been taught to worship, like the founding fathers, like, Oh, the founding fathers are so wonderful. They can't possibly have done anything wrong. And if they did something wrong, then we can't ever possibly think this country is a great country because they did something bad in the past. And we can't ever hope to ever think that this country is good if we did one thing bad and oh my god it's terrible then you look i've been written into a 13-part book series by an author in the uk named dominic green in the book i'm fighting nazis in outer space it's called ant and cleo nice very cool that is very awesome um one of the main things about immaturity, I think I'm going to get the show and write it about an hour, at which point I may very well stop because, you know, with the cough, I don't want to overstrain the voice too much. And I do have a lot of uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley to play tomorrow to Aaron's delight and glee because I have a lot to catch up on tomorrow for that. Anywho, um, one of the biggest signs of immaturity in this country is the levels of immaturity when it comes to not only the ownership of guns and the lack of willingness to to educate ourselves about how to use guns, how to properly use guns, but, you know, when, when to actually shoot them. Like, for example... Let's get the yeah, Caitlin Gillis. Caitlin Gillis in upstate New York. She drove into the wrong driveway searching for her friend's house. 65-year-old Kevin Monahan <coughs> owned the property. She had already turned around and was driving away from the property when he shot at the car, hitting her and killing her as he was leaving the driveway. He was no, she was no threat to him. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. But he thought it was reasonable to use deadly force and kill this girl. And, you know, Why? This person is somebody, clearly an example of somebody who should have never had a gun in the first place. Because clearly this person had no idea about when deadly force was, was, could be used and would not be able to be used. Clearly this person was not educated about proper use of guns and proper use of gun safety and how to properly, you know, 
when, when, when to escalate to the use of deadly force. <laughs> in uh, Texas, um, Pedro Tello Rodriguez Jr. was arrested in Elgin, um, shot at a cheerleader. Um, one of them mistook the vehicle with her own in a supermarket in a parking lot near the Texas Capitol. Um, she thought the vehicle was hers, only to find a man sitting in the passenger seat. Um, Heather Roth said that she was trying to apologize to the man when he got out of the passenger door. He threw his hands up, pulled out a gun, and just started shooting at all of them. They told Roth the fellow shooter Peyton Washington fled immediately in their car. As soon as they saw the gun, they said go and then drove away. They drove two miles down the road. <coughs> That's when they realized that Peyton was seriously hurt. They pulled over, realized the guy wasn't following them. She was throwing up blood at that point, so they called 911. Washington was shot twice and was injured. Um, hold on. Um, she's stable and recovering nice use. So she didn't die, but she was still shot by somebody who was just mad that she got into the wrong car. Like, again, somebody who shouldn't have a gun, but who had one. Somebody who didn't know when it was proper to use a gun or not. But then, of course, you have Andrew Lester, white 85-year-old homeowner, shot and wounded Ralph Yarl. A black teenager, 16-year-old. What was his crime? He knocked on the door while black. He knocked on the door. Lester opened the door, saw a black kid, and opened fire. That's it. That's all that happened. And what, what, what is going to be the story the, the, the topic that I'll be discussing and probably in my fat man rant when it comes down to it, whenever I feel like making it, which might not be tonight because I'm already starting to feel this, start to get a little more and more sore, is the fact that they're starting to bring up things like castle doctrine. They're starting to bring up things like stand your ground. Castle doctrine? Really? Look. I have no problem with the general principle of the castle doctrine. The general principle of the castle doctrine says if you're breaking into my house, that I have the right to self-defense. So if you are in the act of breaking into my house, that I can defend my ha- myself and I can take, act, take use force against you, even deadly force, to prevent you from breaking into my house because I don't have to discern what your intent is. I can assume that you're there to harm me, potentially even up to deadly force. I don't have to wait and see whether or not you're going to try and kill me as you're breaking into my house. I can assume that you're trying to, that you breaking into my house could be there to kill me, and as such, I can free to use deadly force. I have no problem with that. This kid, y'all, breaking into the house. So anybody trying to bring up the whole castle doctrine thing is full of crap. And to me, of course, his attorney will try and bring it up. To me, anybody trying to bring it up should be disbarred. But I'm sure his attorney will still try and bring it up. It's ridiculous. It should be laughed out of court. There's no way it should be allowed. But it probably will be. And then there's the whole stand your ground thing. And here's the problem with stand your ground. And I'll say this, I've said this before and I'll say it again. These stand your ground laws have been pushed by groups like ALEC, Republican conservative uh, legislative group that submits these model legislation, model, model bills to these states so that they have basically almost a near consistent wording to change the laws to make them into laws that they like. It used to be the fact 
that when you would raise an affirmative defense and stand your ground is an affirmative defense, stand your ground basically says you're saying, yes, I did in fact shoot this person. Yes, this person was shot because of me. However, the reason this person was shot was legal. (coughs) And when you raise that affirmative defense, the onus was now on you, the defendant, to prove with a preponderance of the evidence, i.e. more likely than not, that it was a legal shooting, that you were reasonable in believing that your life was in danger, that deadly force was justified. So the onus was on you. But these new laws have made it so that, no, the onus is now on the state. The state has to do a logical fallacy. The state has to prove a negative. The state has to now prove that your, your assumption was not reasonable. The state has to say, oh, this, his attempt, his beliefs were not reasonable, that he was not in danger. Proving a negative is a logical fallacy. So it's, it's an absurd change in legal theory that the conservatives love. Why do the conservatives love it? Because now it makes it easier for the people who shoot these other people to get away with it. If you own a gun and you shoot somebody, you can just, oh, stand your ground. And if the person can't, um, and if, if you actually manage to kill the person, which fortunately in this case, Yarl wasn't killed, <clears throat> if you manage to kill the person, like I would say like Trayvon Martin, but the George Zimmerman case when he, where he killed Trayvon Martin, that technically wasn't stand your ground. Um, but if you manage to kill the person, that other person can't then say in court, well, I was standing my ground. You weren't standing yours. I was standing mine. So you then force the prosecution to make an even harder case to, to convict you. Instead of doing what you should have done and said, okay, you're raising this affirmative defense. You're admitting that you shot this person. Now tell us why it was legal. Tell us why you should have been allowed to do so. Tell us why uh, that you taking action was un- was legal under the under the laws of the state that you live in. And if you can, great. But in this case, case clearly, you know what normally would happen is that a person, any other person in in, in a similar situation would have to reasonably believe that their life would also be was also in danger at that point in time. Was a reasonable person's life in danger because a black child knocked on the door? No, not at all. So stand your ground should be rejected out of hand, one would think, but who knows? with what goes on in this country and the amount of people who seem to be okay with a justifying murder, especially or attempted murder in this case, or, you know, of black children. So I really think that we need to go back to how we used to handle affirmative defenses in this country, because again, I have no problem with the normal, you know, presumption of innocence, and the requirements of the state to prove its case beyond reasonable doubt. But if you're going to raise the affirmative defense, we shouldn't be changing that. You raise an affirmative defense, you now have the onus to prove why what your actions did were legal. Period. End of story. Tim Farrell, exactly. It makes it easier for white supremacists to shoot black people. Because when... um, most of the, I always forget her name. Um, look it up real quick. <coughs> Marissa Alexander in Florida was denied stand your ground. She didn't shoot her abuser. She just shot at him, like near him, 
She fired a warning shot and was convicted of aggravated assault. She tried to use stand your ground laws to try and say, hey, this is an illegal, this was a legal shooting. This is an illegal, dis- this is a legal discharge of my firearm because what I was trying to do was stand my ground. I was trying to make sure that I wasn't hurt. So I was shooting this gun to try and warn this person to not come near me. And they sent her to prison. Because stand your ground is not for black people. Stand your ground is for white people. Stand your ground is to support white supremacy. Thank you, Laura, for joining us. I appreciate you. We'll be ending soon anyway, so thank you you were able to join us. Um, Anywho. So, let's see. Yeah, we're almost done. Ultimately, For this Andrew Lester guy, 85-year-old old man, if you are that scared of somebody's black skin, if you are that paranoid over seeing a black person at your door, that it terrifies you. It makes you think that your life is in danger simply by seeing a black person on your porch. You are too immature to own a weapon. You are far too mature to own any sort of thing that implement of destruction that's dangerous. Probably shouldn't even own any knives at this point because you can harm yourself and others. You're a threat to everybody around you. Now the people are going to say, and people have said, oh, he was such a nice person who cared about his neighbors. Well, maybe none of his neighbors were black. Maybe that's why he cared about his neighbors. But the idea... I mean, he, it, the idea that you get so scared of a black person just because their skin's black, that you think that, oh, my God, my life's in danger because you're black. That's the other problem <clears throat> is that we start believing people because they say that they felt in danger, and that shouldn't be the standard. The standard isn't I feel that I'm in danger, and that's why I shot. The standard should be, any reasonable people should believe that they were in danger and therefore shooting is okay. Not, I felt I was in danger, so therefore I, I, I shot and I, that's okay. No, you feeling that you're in danger is not enough. You feeling that you're in danger is, should, should, should never be enough. It should be a reasonable person standard, where if a reasonable person in this situation would also have shot, that should be the standard to determine whether or not a shooting is justifiable or not. And clearly in this case, it's not. And I think home dude pled not guilty. <clears throat> dude, you're 85, you're in a rotten jail. Just get it over with. But he probably, again, old white man, probably feels privileged, probably remembers the good old days to him when, you know, he didn't have to live near any of, those people and he could just, you know, live his merry life without having to worry about anybody with different hue anywhere near him or his water fountains or his bathrooms or his daughters or anybody else because Mr. Loved his neighbors or whatever wouldn't have to worry about loving his black neighbors because, you know, Racists gonna racist, and that's the way it is, and that's the way it shall be. Hey, Megan, thank you for joining late, and of course, we're going to be ending now as well, too. <laughs> so, because I'm about to, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling that I'm about to die. Not, not about to die, but I'm feeling my throat is about to tap out at this point. Um I'm going to start a coughing fit if it don't end too soon. So this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. I will be on Twitch tomorrow, twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com for a live stream of Disney Dreamlight Valley. Erin will be there. She'll be happy. Jolie may be there too. You can be there as well. Just join us. We'll chat about many things next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, here on YouTube, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Uh, so to help the podcast out, please remember... Subscribe to the channel. Share some of my Fat Man rants and other videos if you might like them, like them, etc. 
until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Mobile Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.